You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. His glory filled the temple. And above it stood seraphim. These are angelic beings. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried unto another and said, Listen, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe, cursed, damned is me. That's what that word means. For I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. Today, don't be looking at someone else saying, he's a man of unclean lips. She's a man. Look at yourself today and say, I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Job 42 verse 5. Job 42 verse 5 says this. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. He did not actually see God. He did actually just hear, but it was the presence of God. He said, therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Ezekiel 1 verse 28, Riley. Ezekiel 1 and verse 28. The Bible says the great holy Prophet Ezekiel, who was a great man of God, he said, Like the appearance of a rainbow in the cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness, the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face and heard the one heard the voice of one speaking to me. And then in two chapters over in chapter 23, of chapter 3, verse 23, Ezekiel 3, 23, again, he says, So I arose and went out into the plain, and behold, the second time the glory of the Lord stood there, like the glory which I saw by the river Chebar, which we just read about. And what was his experience then? Was he used to it? No, he said, I fell on my face. Turn to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 12. Revelation 1 and verse 12. John the Revelator heard a great voice behind him and he turned. He said, then I turned to see the voice of, uh, uh, that spake with me. This is Jesus, by the way, who is God. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. These are the seven churches that he will be writing to. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, let me put in this, in the midst of his church. He is in the midst 
of his church. One like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about his chest with a golden girdle or band. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. Now, some people would say this is all symbolic. That, 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 that's just symbolic. And it does seem to be symbolic, and maybe in a way it is. But why in the world would this response happen? Verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his face as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Amen. A lot of people think, that the church needs to be a lot of clap happiness. I'm not against that. You know that. When it's appropriate. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to rejoice. There's a time for every season. You say, what's this time today? I don't know. I, I, this is just what God has put on Tim and I's heart today. This is what he put on me to preach this morning. And I don't know. I don't think it's a time to be really laughing is it a time to rejoice absolutely amen even you and i this is the amazing thing all things work together for good to those who love god to those who call according to his purpose even in his discipline we can rejoice i want to tell you something if you don't get disciplined by god that's the worst news in the world because i want to tell you something i discipline my children but i don't discipline children that aren't mine And the fact that my mom and dad disciplined me brings a little smile to my face now because you know why? They loved me enough to teach me right and wrong. God loves you enough not to let you go on in your fleshliness and in your sin and in your rebellion and in your unfaithfulness. He will not do it. Now, if you seemingly are in all of your sin and away from God and you're rebellious and you don't feel anything, maybe you need to become a child of God. But today, let me get to it. I want to talk about worship in His presence. Every time you and I come through the doors of this place and we meet together as a church, members, I'm talking to the members, the Spirit of God is here. Each individual here has the Spirit of God. We are baptized immediately into Jesus and into the Holy Spirit when we are saved. The Bible says if you do not have the Spirit, you are none of His. And so when we get saved, we are baptized in the, by the Holy Spirit. We are baptized into Jesus. He is in us, and we are in Him. Somebody say praise the Lord. That's a time to rejoice, isn't it? And so when the individuals of people, and it would be awesome if through the week we met with God regularly, up and ready, and we came into this building and we started meeting together, there's something that happens when the Spirit of God comes into his church. 
My friend, one day the church will be raptured and the Spirit of God will go with us in that filling and it'll take the earth seven years to destroy itself after we're gone. We are the preserving and the salt of this earth because the Spirit of God dwells in us. Now I want to tell you, whether we have rebellion in our hearts, our sin in our hearts, our, our unconfessed sin in our hearts, our all against one another in our hearts, God is still here. We're just hiding Him. We're eclipsing His glory by our fleshliness. And what we need to do is get ourselves out of the way and let His glory in. If it takes confession of sin... If it takes a, a commitment, God, forgive me, I came in with ball games on my mind. I came in with four-wheeling on my mind. I came in with golf on my mind. I came in with, oh, this time of year, hunting on my mind. Stop it! This is the Lord's day! It's the Lord's day! Let's empty ourselves of ourselves, And let's worship Him. And every time we come in this room, be it Sunday morning, be it Sunday night, or be it Wednesday night, we gather and the Spirit of God and the presence of God Almighty is among us. Now knowing that fact, what should we be like? By these verses, especially in Isaiah 6, I'm going to give you, I mean, I'm almost finished. I mean, I know you don't believe me, but I really am. I just want God's Word to penetrate our hearts this morning. And mine, I need it. I need it. I've been far away from him some. I'll admit it. Number one, if you want to know what we ought to do when the presence of God is here, number one, we need to realize. We need to realize, number one, his holiness. Who God is. And now we can't imagine it. That's why you need to get in the Word of God and, and read it and listen. That's why we need these verses. He is an awesome God. He is, now listen to this. We say it all the time, but we don't really think about it. Almighty God. And I want to tell you something. You say, I don't believe a loving God would send people to hell. Well, you're wrong. It's because before his loveliness, he is holy. He is righteous, and you may not like, matter of fact, you better not like this. He is fair, and you're going to get what you deserve. Did that scare you, folks? That he is a just and holy God, and he can exact the judgment that's coming. That ought to scare you. But if today you trust in Christ and you flee to the cross, He will give you what you deserve. And that is glory in heaven forever because Jesus Christ will give it to you. You have His righteousness. And when God looks at me, He doesn't see my sin and my fallenness and my littleness. You know what He sees? The blood of Jesus Christ. And God has in heaven declared me in the courts of heaven not guilty because I have turned from sin and turned to Him in faith. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to his name. But my friend, if you die without Christ today, you die without fleeing to the cross, turning from sin, admitting that sin is sin, and admitting that you can't save yourself, and you fall on his mercies today and call on his name to save you, he will save you. And he will declare you in front of the angels and all of the saints that are already there, not guilty. Not guilty. 
He will forgive you of your sins, past, present, and future. My friend, if you think, well, maybe after I'm saved, I might lose my... We talked this yesterday with some of the folks. I'll tell you about it in a minute. You think that you can lose your salvation? No, friend, my friend. You're ne- you were never getting to heaven on your own merit anyway. The only merit you're getting into heaven with is the merit of Jesus Christ. And all that God sees when he looks at you is the righteousness of Christ. You say, well, what about when we sin? We do sin. That's relational. It's like my mama. I don't know anything I could have done to got my mom not to love me. But I could make her mad at me. I could make her grab the switch or the belt or something. My dad, now he wasn't as much a whipper, thank the Lord, as he was a holler at us. And I could get his ire up too. And he could get a little mad and mean. But I want to tell you something, he never kicked me in the fanny and told me to get out of the house. I did tell him one time, I'm going to run away. He said, here's your hat, there's the door, what the heck you waiting for? <laughs> he didn't say heck, brother. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a preacher in the pulpit, so. My parents would have never turned their back on me, no matter what I'd have done. And I want to tell you something, I was going to do by their rules and do by the, what they said, but. Well, I want to tell you something. Even greater than Peggy and Stanley Owen and your mom and daddy is God Almighty and he is never going to let us go. Never. And we realize though his holiness and oh how so far away we are from it. And number two, we realize our sinfulness. What I am compared to what he is. And yet he calls us sons and daughters. Luke 5, 8 says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now what did he just see? He saw Jesus walking on the water and him calming the sea. And he knew this ain't a regular man. And he fell down before him and he worshipped. That was the difference between the followers that came for the healings and the ones who truly believed in him. They worshipped him. Number two, repentance. When you come to the presence of God, you know what's going to happen? You're not going to be able to hang on to your sin or or else you're going to run. When you come into the presence of God, you will be convicted of your sin and you will either repent or run away. We have forgotten this word and I I believe in it even though my mom said, don't you ever let anybody call you reverend, I know better. Reverend mean comes from the word reverent or reverence. We need to learn that word again, reverence. We need to come. We may be happy, we may rejoice, and we may be shouting, but we need to be reverent. We need to be reverent in his presence. The word reverence means re- revere ants. Revere ants. Revere. To revere. We see most holy. We need to get a greater look at who God is. My friend, can you imagine? Listen, this is what he says. The heavens are what I sit on and the earth is what I rest my toes on. Now, that's the wrong, that's the Queen James Version. He said, the heavens are my footstool, heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. Now listen, science can't find the ends of the universe. They can't find it yet. But this is what God said in his word. I hold the expanse of the world and universe in my hand. That's the God that we rebel against. That's the God we think we can disobey. That's the God we ignore. And 
it's also the God that has all the might in the world yet is gracious enough not to destroy us when we do. Any time that you, every day you live is a gracious gift to God because we sin every day. I do. I do, and I'm a holy man. That's facetious. I am not a holy man. We all sin every day, and he ought to zap us at any minute, Brother Fred, but he's gracious and he's merciful and he's loving. Oh, glory to God, I'm glad he found me, and I'm glad he saved me. i got to quit. No, I don't. But I've got to keep going. I'm full. Let me tell you what you ought to do when you come to the presence of God. When you come to the presence of God, number one, realize the presence that you're in. Number two, repent of your sin. Our fear of God is regulated by the knowledge and understanding of God that we have. That's the problem. We don't know God like we ought to. It's because we spend more time listening to our radios and on our phones than we do in this book. And I'm preaching to myself. Amen? That's the truth. God, forgive me for the time I waste on triviality when I could be reading about you. God's not against fun. God's not against the phone. God's not against eating. God's not against any, most anything if it's done the way it's supposed to be, right? My friend, we ought to come before His presence daily and we need to realize who He is. We need to repent of our sin. But then number three, let me get to this. We ought to rejoice. Not remorse. Now that comes with it, doesn't it? When we see God who He is, we see who we are, and we get remorseful. But I want to tell you what He does. Listen, and when I saw Him, John said, and this is John the Revelator, who was a holy man. Matter of fact, this is what John called himself in his epistle, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one who leaned on His breast. He loved Jesus. They had a relationship in the way Jesus did with everybody of love and understanding, of best friends. And John saw him for who he is, and he didn't go out. Well, I tell you, I hear people all the time, when I see Jesus and I see that painting and it's beautiful of people running up and just hugging Jesus, that's not what's going to happen the first time you see Jesus. This is what's probably going to happen. And John the Revelator, one of his best friends, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. I fainted right out. But he laid his right hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid. I'm the first and last. My friend today, I want to tell you, if you're here and you're full of sin, I can't judge you. I'm trying to tell you the truth. Maybe I do it a little too forceful sometimes. I can't judge you because I'm full of sin myself a lot of times. But if you're full of sin, you don't need to come get right with the church or come get right with Brother On. You need to come and get right with God. And confess your sin. The Bible says this wonderful verse. We love it. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And my friend, you come into His presence. If you need to find an altar, I think you ought to do it. And don't wait for an invitation. Man, I'd like to come in here one day at five till time, the church time to start and find everybody in the altar getting ready for worship. Wouldn't that be awesome? And once you have confessed your sin to God or maybe to each other and you've made your heart right and you have caused your mind to focus on Him, I want to tell you something. Do not be afraid. He's laying His hand upon you. He 
Respect and honor, yes. Fear him like you fear your mom and daddy. That's, that's the fear it means. If you've confessed your sin, he's forgiven it. And then when you go back and confess again, you know what God is saying? I don't know what you're talking about. That's the problem. A lot of people can't leave their past in the past under the blood. And let me tell you something, what he does with your sin. And when you bring it up to him, what you're basically saying, if you bring it up again, you're calling him a liar. I don't believe that you really forgave me my sin. And I'm going to tell you why you feel guilty for past sins that you've confessed. The devil doesn't want you to have happiness. And your own flesh won't let you have it. But I'm telling you, that's what faith is. God said if you confess your sin, I'll forgive you. I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to claim it today because that's what the Word of God says. Rejoice. Rejoice. Sometimes we rejoice with clapping and dancing. Jumping up and down. I don't want to get out of control. I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating out of control. The Bible says David danced before the Lord. What does that mean? I don't know. I ain't going to do it. I got two left feet. Sometimes I think I got three of them. I just fall for no reason. I don't know what that deal is. But they clap. The Bible. Listen, let me quote God. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And that was under Old Testament law. How do you think he wants to act now under grace? We rejoice. And sometimes we rejoice with quietness. We rejoice with reverence and awe when we hear a sermon like this maybe even. But bless God, we can rejoice that this awesome God who the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool loves us and calls us sons and daughters. I just got to chill it right up from my heel to my head. R.C. Sproul said, The modern movement of worship is designed to break down barriers between man and God, to remove the veil, as if it were, from the uh, fearsome holiness of God, which might cause us to tremble. It is designed, by the way, this is a man who preached with great levity too sometimes. He's a very funny man. So he's not advocating solemnness and all. He was a Presbyterian, but which might cause us to tremble. It is designated to make us feel comfortable, new modern worship. The music we import into the church is music that we draw from the world of entertainment in the secular arena. I'll tell you, we do that sometimes. I heard one theologian say recently that he was not only pleased with the innovative style of worship and music, but thought that what the church needs today is music that is even more funky. When we hear clergy and theologians encourage the church to be more funky in worship, I fear that the church has lost its identity. Rather, let us return to Augustine who agreed that we can use a variety of music in our worship, but all that is done should be done with a certain gravitas, a certain solemnity, solemnness, always containing the attributes of reverence and awe before a holy living God. And then he said this, the what of worship, the where of worship, the when of worship, and especially the how of worship must always be determined by the character of the one who is the living God. 
We're here not worshiping a clown. We're worshiping the Creator. And I say, to finish us today, we can come into the presence of God with joy. I like joy. I like to laugh and I like to have a good time. I like to feel good, don't we all? Miss Barbara today, I met her out in the back. She's here today. She don't feel good. She's not sick. Don't worry, you're not going to catch nothing from her, but she just don't feel good. I want to tell you something. You don't know what it does for a preacher when someone comes in and says, I didn't feel like coming today, but I got up and I came. She didn't feel like coming. I had several of us didn't feel like coming today. I sometimes have to crawl up in this pulpit when I don't feel like it. But bless God, it ain't about me. I don't have to feel good. I just got to get up here and brag on Jesus. Talk about God. I say we can come into the presence of the Lord with joy, with repentance, with brokenness, with contemplation, with fear, with peace, with happiness. But listen... Never with apathy. Never with apathy. And if you are apathetic, you need to repent of your sin and your coldness. For he is here. 